praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. I know that it's always different when when pastors away, but uh, you that are here, thank you for being faithful. Uh, I know what it's like when when you are have to be out of town, and some folks take advantage of that. But uh, thank you for being faithful. Praise God. There'll be a special reward one day for those that live for God that don't have to be begged and pushed and prodded to just get a a revelation of who he is and what this is all about. Praise God. I highly respect your pastor and uh, the work that he's doing and uh, you are you are one of the most blessed churches that I well I think we could say in the world now now I've got the best pastor in the world but you're the most blessed church in the world and you have they you know you don't count just who sat in here tonight, you count everyone that has received the Holy Ghost in, the, in this outreach that the Lord is, is involved in. You're, you're probably where you are, the biggest church in the United States. Praise God. You ought to get excited about that. Amen, amen. Don't. Don't cause your pastor grief when he has to be out of country. The enemy will certainly try to take advantage of that. But uh, I, want to, I want to talk to you tonight when your pastor called me almost immediately. The Lord prompted a series of Bible studies that I, that I teach that I feel like is, is critical in this end time. And you know it's 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 one thing to for a preacher to preach and you shout and run the aisles and all that's good. I like to see it. But uh, if we if we don't go back to and get down to the basics of what this thing was founded on, the further we get away from the basics the easier it is for the enemy to uh, slip false doctrine in on us. So if you will allow me to tonight, now I I know Sister Regan from from just seeing her. Now you say, yeah, yeah, I know her. I really don't. I just know her from seeing her at meetings, and she's a godly lady, a very godly lady. I've always respected her. But uh, if you don't don't understand a relationship with God, that's why people struggle in living, trying to live for God. They come to the altar in a lot of times, a lot of places, to claim a number. Uh, They want to rush them through repentance. 
they want to claim that number. But uh, I like to see folks get something that they can take home with them that puts a smile on their face, that puts a joy down in their heart, that causes them to want to be back in church the very next night, even though they've never been taught faithfulness. Causes them to start changing their vocabulary and their dress and their actions. Praise God. So, if you will allow me to, I started to say, I I know, Sister Regan, I don't know another person here. I don't know your situation. I don't know if you're struggling with anything. I don't know where, to what degree you're living for God. And I come here with no axe to grind. So will you allow me to just follow the Holy Ghost? And if it hits you, say, oh, me. And if it blesses you, say, amen. Praise God. And I'm sure we'll get some of both before we're through. Praise God. But uh, let me say one disclaimer. If I say anything that disagrees with what your pastor teaches, disregard what I say. Okay? I'm going to be doing a three-part, the Lord willing, unless he changes my mind, uh, on the core of living for God, the basics. The first lesson will be a, a relationship with God. You can't do anything without that. And the second lesson will be a relationship with self. That's where you're struggling at is with yourself because that's your biggest problem is between these two ears, okay? And number three is a relationship with your pastor. And if you can get these three down, now Pastor Riggins is going to come back and say, wow, what happened to them? If you're struggling, it will change your outlook on for God. That fair? All right. Let's turn to the book of Acts, our, our candy stick book and chapter 2 and verse 37 and 38. We're talking about the basics. And if we don't get this down, you can't build on anything else. Okay? Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What have we got to do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Anybody ever heard that before? And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not just anyway. Baptism is important. It is essential to salvation. The book says, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That gives us the power 
to start a relationship with God. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you tonight for your goodness. I thank you for your blessing. God, I'm asking you now to let your anointing rest on your word. Let it rest on our ears, God, and then get down in our hearts that we can respond. God, I'm asking you for grace to be able to deliver my heart tonight to help somebody that might be struggling grow stronger in you, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Praise God. You can be seated. A relationship with God. Now, we're living in a world that of easy believism. Just believe on the Lord Jesus and you're saved and on your way to heaven. We have a man in our home church in Tulsa. Several years ago we were we were out traveling and we got the word that this man, and he's, uh, I'd say, on the top end of middle age, but he received the Holy Ghost after coming to church for 31 years. Been around the church, would fight you over Pastor. He supported Pastor Howard. He loved that family. He loved the church. It was one of those nights he had been around the church but was not in the church. He had knowledge about the church, but he had no experience with God. He's a very large man. I mean, huge, probably six foot four, maybe five. I mean, he's a, he's a giant of a man, very quiet, reserved. And uh, you just uh, you sit over in the back corner. You never know he was there unless you unless you saw him. But uh, he he loved God in his own way. But he got stirred that night and got the Holy Ghost and shouted and danced. He had just had major massive back surgery. Uh, if I remember right, they said he fell on the floor and rolled and jumped and uh, spoke in tongues and uh, just, just I mean, had a, had a great time in the Lord. And all of a sudden, he grabbed somebody and said, let's go. And he started running around the building. He was so excited about what he had got. I question people's experience that are not emotional. I, I, I don't like to see people always squealing and jumping. I, I, I'm not saying that. But sometimes you need to show your appreciation to the Lord for delivering you from the habits of sin. You say, I'm just a bashful. I'm the backwards. No, you're not. That's an excuse you used. I can prove it to you by giving you a hairpin from one of these ladies 
and watching you while you stick it in one of those plugs over there in the wall. You're very emotional. It just takes certain things to motivate you. Okay? Now, the greatest leader of any nation that we've, uh, greatest leader, you could say Churchill, uh, you could say Mr. Reagan, you could go on and just name your favorite leader uh, in the world. But this individual started out in the hospital, possibly. They learned how to take their first step. They learned how to crawl. They learned how to talk. They learned how to run. They learned how to play. And with time, they grew on up into manhood or womanhood. Living for God is a journey. You don't learn it all in one night, one week, or one lifetime. You live for God, and every time you come to the house of God, something new is open to you from the Word of God. It may be, it may be a child in, in youth service that's standing here and stammering and stuttering and and uh, uh, falling all over his feet, and uh, he's going to say something that will spark a thought in your mind that will help you living for God. So our relationship with God starts first with the first step of repentance. I think we all agree on this. Just give me, give me a little while to lay a little foundation here. I'm not very deep at all but I, I still need to lay a foundation. I want this to stand when we get through. Praise God. Each one of you was required to come to an altar and repent. Now, nobody is exempt from that dimension or that step. No sins are forgiven until you raise your hand, possibly with tears running down your cheeks. Anytime I talk about repentance, I, I'm reminded of a, of a man in our home church years ago in the 60s uh, that come to the altar. He was very country. I mean, he was registered with papers. And he prayed. He knew he didn't know how to pray, but he... He prayed like this, and I'll never forget. He says, oh, God, come near me. God, I'm a scoundrel. I'm a no good. I'm a nothing. God, you know, I don't deserve, but just come near me, God. And that's how he repented. And God heard his prayer. But when we come to repentance, and, of course, go through baptism in Jesus' name, for the remission or the removal of our sins, and we receive the Holy Ghost, the infilling, we speak with other tongues, that's how we know we got it. Now, I, I attempted to pastor 
a young lady for 25 years. And when we left, she was still struggling with, did she ever get the Holy Ghost? I, I, I don't know. The devil keeps telling me I didn't get the Holy Did you speak in tongues? Now, I have to confess to you, there were times I wondered if she ever got it. But she was sincere. She was just simple-minded, and the devil knew that that was her button that he could push and put doubt in her mind. And that's why uh, I'm convinced your pastor teaches, don't ever tell anybody they got the Holy Ghost. Let them tell you what was that you got. What was you doing? They need to make that declaration that down the road when that enemy does come, they can say, oh, no, you got the wrong address. I know I got it because... I spoke in tongues as the Holy Ghost give the utterance. Now let me go a step further. You may have got it 40 years ago, but you really need to get it again no later than tonight. I've heard people say, oh, I got the Holy Ghost years and never spoke in tongues since. You don't have, a, you're not full of the Holy Ghost. You may have had an experience but you need to, that's why we have prayer before church. To come and purge your mind of, of being in Egypt and making bricks for Pharaoh so that you can come and let the Word of God get down in your heart. Can I tell you or can I remind you? I'm sure you've heard all of this before, but a carnal mind cannot receive spiritual instruction. That's why some people shout when pastor's teaching a Bible lesson and somebody else sits there all bowed up and says, what does he mean by that? It can't penetrate that. I would rather know that I was diagnosed with cancer than to know that I was diagnosed as being carnal. Now, we're all human, and we do things that we shouldn't from time to time, but that's why we need to come back and get refilled all over again. The devil can't play with your mind when it's full of the Holy Ghost. And it's not full until it's running over. This bottle was sold for a bottle full of water, but it's not full. It's a half inch from the top. Until it's running over, it's not full. And when it starts running over, you start speaking in tongues and get excited and want to love God and do something for God. Okay? It's not enough just to receive it. And then go stop there and, and uh, get a career and come into church. Praise God. You're only in the introductory stage there. The Lord cannot work on a carnal person. You've got to have the Holy Ghost and give Him permission to start developing you. Now, when we pastored, somebody would get the Holy Ghost and invariably, one to three weeks, they would come, Pastor, I need to talk to you tonight. 
day. So we would go in the office, and when they would sit down, uh, sometimes I would feel a little bit, uh, uh, just a little honorary, I guess you could say. I said, let me tell you what you want to talk about. I said, you, you said a bad word. You've fallen. You've made a mistake. You've done something in your own guilt trip. How'd you know that, Pastor? Because you're human. You don't use foul language and run with the wrong crowd and just change overnight. But you should start immediately working on that change. Praise God. Now, you start from this first step and then you go on to reach the statue that God had in mind when he chose you. Now, I've worked with people long enough to know that in this assembly, there is somebody that says, I shouldn't be working with that person. I'm not worthy to do anything for the Lord. I don't have a talent. When the Lord fills you with the Holy Ghost, he had a position for you in his kingdom. He's got a job for you in his kingdom, but you've got to make yourself available. You will never be the mature saint of God that he had in mind for you until you make yourself available for him to start working on you. Now, there's different many offices, and, and you don't go tell the Lord what office you want to work in. You just say, God, I'm available. Praise God. This depends on the relationship that you develop with the Lord. No relationship will ever go very far if a love affair is not cultivated. Praise God. Now, you young people, you're a looker. You see somebody that you're attracted to. You'll find out their name and their phone number. And that at that point, that's all you know. Before, hopefully, before you're ever willing to walk down this aisle in marriage, there's a love affair that starts developing. Praise God. Now, my wife's put up with me 57 years. Praise the Lord. When we got married, it was until death do us part, for better or for worse. Now, for her, it's been worse a lot of times. Praise God. You don't start this journey with thinking about if it don't work out, I can always go back to the world. I burn my bridge when I start this love affair. I said, I burn that. It's not an option. Family is not an option. I still love you as a family, but I don't get my counsel from you anymore. I don't listen to your direction. I still love you just as much as I ever did, but I got a man of God in my life now that hears from God and talks to me on a daily, weekly basis. Oh, praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19, and to know, not to know about, but to know the love of Christ 
which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all, everybody say all, the fullness of God. God wants you so full of his knowledge until you're just running over. Praise God. You don't have to live in the dark as to what God has in store for you. I recently heard about a young couple that went to their pastor and, and said, we feel like that, uh, that we uh, are, are get receiving a call to work on a foreign field. Good couple, supported the work of God. The pastor was behind them. And he said, well, uh, why don't we just start praying for direction? What country? You could start preparing yourself with the language. Okay, that's good advice. And uh, they had a little box outside the door out of the house going into the garage. They had a little box on the wall, and when they had mail or uh, a note or something they wanted to pass on to the other one when they're coming and going, they would put it in that box. A few days went by, and the man come in one day, and there was a little book in that box. Now, I'm telling you, God knows where you're at. He picked up the little book, and it was a particular country, the language for that country. Well, he just thought, well, my wife saw that, and she was attracted to it, and she bought it, and put it there for me. So that night when she came in, he, he said to her, where did you find that book at? She said, what book? What are you talking about? She said, that book you put out there for, for me. She said, I didn't put no book out there. It was the language of the country that they was feeling a burden to go to. Where did it come from? I'm not going to spend my time worrying. I'm going to just say God done it. You can't prove me wrong. The devil sure didn't do it. Now they're working on the language that when the door opens, praise the Lord, oh God, where are the intercessor prayers? Where are the old grandmas and grandpas that used to intercede and travail. You say, I don't have no job. I can't do. Oh, God, give, give Pastor Riggin in this church uh, somebody that could be an intercessory prayer. Somebody that when he's overseas at all of hell, can I tell you, all of hell is uh, set up and encircling the camp to try to take the witness out that he's taken to those people. But oh, if somebody could say, I'm going to be the prayer, I'm going to be the intercessor. We was recently at a meeting, and just such a message as that come forth, and the Lord prompted me. I went to Pastor Howard after, and I said, Pastor Howard, I'm pledging to you right now, when we're in town, I'm going to pray for you on a daily basis. When you are in the pulpit preaching, 
I'm not going to make a show of it, but I'm going to be praying for you. And if I see you struggling, if I have to get down in the floor and start interceding for you, I'm going to be doing it. Oh, God, give us some men and some women uh, that pastor would not have to worry about all the time. That as sure as the doors are open, they're going to be there. I don't have to worry about them being up or down or in and out. Uh, but I can count on them. Oh, now, so-and-so, they've always been flighty. You can't spend your time. You can't build a church on people that's not faithful. But, oh, God, give me some men. Give me some women. Give me some young people that's got all the energy in the world that'll say, Pastor, you don't have to worry about the world pulling on me anymore. Oh, praise God. I'm talking about all things. That's what he wants to put in every saint of God that has the Holy Ghost in this assembly that these seats start filling up. Oh, praise God. I'm seeing and I'm hearing men start sending the clarion sound that God's getting ready. I said God's getting ready to bring an infilling of the Holy Ghost to apostolic, conservative apostolic men. Why not this church be at the forefront? Oh, we still hear about Azusa Street. We still hear about Topeka, Kansas. Why could it not be what's going on in Olathe, Kansas? Oh, what's happening down there? Why are so many getting the Holy Ghost? We've got to build a new building. We've got to start a daughter work. I'm telling you, God said all things. Oh, praise the Lord. But we first got to learn to love the Lord before we can ever be filled with all of the fullness of God. He's not going to trust his treasure to a vessel that's unclean or uncommitted. <laughs> oh, but he loves to take that one that doesn't have a voice that will never sing a lead in the choir. It is so backward and so bashful that they'll never be out in the forefront. But oh, see the Holy Ghost settle on them and see them start maturing. I don't remember the number, but I remember very vividly and uh, uh, Brother Davis came to uh, pastor of the church in California that we attended um, in 59, January, December of 59. We went there in January. There was a little lady, and the Lord knows I'm not making fun. She had some kind of procedure in childbirth, and that would have been the daughter was then probably 16. That would have been in, that was 59, 16 from that. You do the math. And, and her hands, almost like she uh, she had a stroke, but her hand was drawn up, and, and she drug her leg with her when she come to church, and, and she's just a little frail lady. And we had a Sunday school contest. And I was 19, 20 years old, 
in the Marine Corps and felt like I could whip the world single-handedly. That's what they told us. Boot camp. We found, every one of us found out later that they lied to us, but at the time, we didn't know any better. Had the time to do it, but I was too busy. And in that Sunday school contest, and I, and I say I don't remember the number, but it was in the high 20s that this little lady come dragging in one morning to church and a whole troop behind her that she'd went out and knocked doors and invited to the house of God. We are unexcusable, old man. We are too busy, ma'am. But when we get what I'm trying to uh, infuse into you, something's going to spark in your thinking. Something's going to change. I am a soul winner. You may never teach a home Bible study, but you've got a personal testimony. And you walk up to that individual, you can take this Bible, and I've done it, teaching Bible studies and read the plan of salvation uh, to them out of the Bible. Now, you open your Bible and read with me. And we would get through, and they say, I know what it says, but I still don't see it. Hello? But you tell them I was an alcoholic. I done so and so every day. We worked with a couple in Carlsbad. He was on $200 a day heroin habit every day of his life. Whether it rained or the sunshine, whether it snowed or whether the $200, he said by 11 o'clock, that burn was so heavy in the pit of my gut until I knew that I had to have $200 quickly. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Now he goes and tells a heroin addict, hey, but I know where you are. I know what you're looking for. I was on it for $200 a day and one trip to an apostolic altar and God delivered it. They can't argue with that. I was abused as a child or whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, and, and you start giving your witness. They can't deny that. But let me tell you about my church. Let me tell you about my pastor. When you walk in that door, he's going to read your mind. We had a new convert couple that testified one night, and they said, we are convinced that Brother Taunton has our house bugged. So we sit at the kitchen table, and we talk about something, and get up and go to church, and he uses some of the very same words that we use uh, just uh, minutes before at the kitchen table. I'm telling you, it's not that uh, uh, the pastor is all that smart. Uh, it's not that he has a crystal ball to, uh, to, but that ought to make you shout uh, to know that there's a God in heaven that drops in his mind. And can I tell you, there's times that he'll be, pre you watch it from now on. There's times he'll be preaching about this and all of a sudden he'll turn in another direction and he'll start blessing somebody over here. The Holy Ghost dropped it in his heart. He didn't know a thing about your struggle. He didn't know a thing about what you was fearful of. He didn't know a thing about your dilemma. But God dropped it in his heart. 
That's the beauty of serving God with your whole heart. That's your beauty of saying, God, I can't match somebody else, but I'm just making myself available. Whatever you can use me in, God, that's what I want to go. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Ghost knows where we're at. The Lord really does love you and desires what's best. Praise God. This is what brings us to a relationship with God. When you're at the end of your road, you don't know where the answer's coming from, and you don't know what's going to happen next. How many times have I heard people say, I came to church tonight, and I told the Lord, this would be my last night. I was never coming back again but I'm going to go one more time. And in that service, all of heaven dropped down and filled that need. And when they left that night, they said, I'm on top of it. I can do it again. I'm telling you, God knows where we're at. Praise God. Not just to know about a God, but which is a head knowledge, but to know our God, which is a relationship. Praise God. Can you trust him for anything? Huh? Praise God. Does he mean everything to you? You know, it's easy. I get some good promises. So, oh, yeah, clap, 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 clap. But what about when they come? got some things coming down the pike. I could tell you some things tonight that's in the developing stages right now that would, that would make your hair stand up. The enemy has got a strategy to back you in a corner and intimidate you. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a relationship with God is that, hey, it don't matter. It don't matter. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I know people that come to Pentecostal church don't speak to each other outside the church. Just thought everybody was like that. A couple of them to church one night, and they fought all the way to church. I mean, just almost physical, got out and come into church, and church was already going, and they, they went and sat on separate sides of the building. I mean, they were fighting each other. The Holy Ghost fell, and the man of all things, of all the nerve, he started feeling the Lord, and he jumped out in the aisle and started running around the building. That just made her that much madder. Got in the car. Started, she said, you are the biggest hypocrite in the world. What do you mean? You know what I mean. You After you acted like you did on the way to church and then got in church around everybody and jumped out, and she said, honey, 
I wasn't mad at God. Hello? Something's going to happen in the apostolic church to where I'm not going to care feelings against my brother. I'm going to allow the enemy to have me have feelings against my sister. Praise God. Ladies, if one of your sisters gets a new dress, you better have enough of the Holy Ghost to say, thank you, Jesus. God is a God of love. It's not enough to hear this, but a relationship teaches you that to know this and experience this, and this experience will keep you in company. This experience will keep you in company. Praise God. When this relationship starts to develop, the excitement and the thrill of serving the Lord will fill you to overflowing. And when this happens, the view and the pull of the world will grow dim. The world won't look nearly as enticing when this, uh, this relationship starts developing. Things that matter right now will no longer matter. Getting that new car, that new home, and I'm for, I'm for enjoying as much pleasure and joy as you can, but that's not my goal. We retired, we moved to Tulsa, and we built it a beautiful home. This is going to be our last home. We're going to enjoy this. And it wasn't, it wasn't no time till one of us said, I wish I hadn't put that wall there. I wish we'd have done this a little bit differently. And now we've even graduated to the place, you know, I've been thinking about building another house. Anything to fill my time and my hands. But I'm telling you, when I get plugged in, I'm not where I want to be. I said, I'm not where I want to be. The Lord's still working on me. But when I get there, those things are going to fade away one day. That money that you're putting in the bank one day, the government's going to claim it, and it's not going to be worth the paper that it's written on. what we do for him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to a funeral tomorrow. We're going to lay to rest one of the greatest ladies <clears throat> that I, one of the greatest that I ever personally knew. A prayer warrior. I've never known anyone more consistent, more available in the area of prayer. One of her children in the formative years of their life kind of started going astray, and she just declared to the world, I didn't raise these kids to serve the devil. 
and to go to hell, and I'm not going to allow it. And she fell on her face and started fasting and praying until God turned the situation around. She lived in adverse circumstances all of her walk with God with an unsaved husband, but she was faithful to the house of God. There'll be, there'll be adults there tomorrow to pay honor to her that she personally prayed through to the Holy Ghost as three, four, and five-year-old children in children's church. Oh, praise God. She's going with a legacy. I live for God. Nothing matters. I talked to her just before she got to the stage. She could no longer talk. And she said, if I could just hear my husband speak in tongues, I'd be ready to go. Laying in pain, laying in the death's door, still thinking about somebody else that's outside of the kingdom. Oh, I'm talking about something tonight that goes deeper than that thrill that you feel when the Holy Ghost falls. I'm talking about a relationship that causes you to want to get out and do something for God. Backsliding is not a problem when this relationship's going on. The pull of the church down the street is not enticing when this relationship starts going on. just felt a little something right there. Let me just throw it out. Every city has a dump. And they don't care what they're putting in the dump. But you can't get healthy and stay healthy eating out of the dump. You better thank God for your pastor. You better not let a devil in hell or out of hell, relatives or nothing else, start pulling on you and say, we don't have to do that down the road. We don't have to dress like that down the road. You may not, but I'm doing this because I'm in love with the Lord. This is not something I have to do. My pastor loves me. It's not just for a number. He has a care for my soul. You may not have experienced it yet, but if you stick around long enough, hell's going to send an emissary to invite you to go along. Well, praise the Lord. And I won't charge you for that. Hallelujah. When I realize that the Lord loves me, even if my failures brings joy to me. Oh, praise God. Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. I want everybody in the building to talk to yourself for a few minutes. Repeat after me. I am... My own worst enemy. Hell can't pull you down. Your family can't pull you down. 
The devil can do nothing that you don't give him permission to do. Oh, people can do you wrong. Uh, if you think you've been done wrong, uh, sometime we need to get together for about five or six days and let's share. When you go away and commit suicide, it won't be my fault. Yeah, I've been done wrong. I've been lied on. been taken advantage of. been abused. And it hurt. And I struggled with it. You know, a trip to the altar. When you look at Calvary, When you look at a man called Jesus hanging on a cross, some of the last words he says is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How in the world can I walk away from that and say, I'll get even with you one day? <laughs> or a relationship take care of all that. The Lord will slip up beside you He'll wipe those tears away. He'll wrap you in his big old arms and just pull you to him. And when you get through without a fail, you'll be on top of the world. Nothing, I told a man just recently, oh, he's bitter. Everybody's done him wrong. I was working with him, uh, counseling with him on his marriage situation. And... Uh, Everybody was, he even said, you turned against me. You told me that my responsibility to this marriage was at least 75%. I don't believe that. But now all the time up until then, he had been reminding me that the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. I said, the way they submit to you is when you're big enough to show them that you care about them and not just a flip-flop for them. Hmm. Better not go there. Work out. You work it out. You work. You, you're struggling with something? You work it out. Pastor can't help you. He can preach to you. He can encourage you. But he can't work that out for you. You've got to get between you and God and get to the place that, Lord, nothing matters but my relationship with you. Oh, praise God. This is talking about your responsibility to develop a relationship, to work out with God. He's eager and he's anxious to do his part. But I've got to do my part because it takes work. It's a big job for me to crucify my carnal flesh. Every time I can get on its neck, I got the victory. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of times it's giving me a run for my money. But it takes discipline to say, oh boy, you're going to the church tonight and pray. 
Oh, but I'm so tired. I gave 10 hours to Pharaoh today in his brickyard. But I'm too tired to go talk to God. Oh, hallelujah. What's going to happen when the apostolic church, when around the clock, somebody is coming and going from the church? Because the church is a central figure of my life. Wake up in the middle of the night and lay there for a little while and you can't go back to sleep and the Holy Ghost just kind of nudges you. Why don't you just go to the house of the Lord? You go to the house of the Lord uh, to pray and another brother is just leaving the door and he's going home to get a few hours sleep. By the time you get through and you start leaving, somebody else is pulling up in the parking lot. I'm telling you, God is trying to get a church awake and alive and stirred to the place that he can work through them to where the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit can operate again in an apostolic church to where people are pliable to a move of God. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 15 and 31. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul said, I die daily. That's the easiest way. Praise God. That's the easiest way. My car is white. and I, 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 I can't prove it, but I, I kind of somehow suspicion that they put some kind of little magnetic strip across that front bumper that attracts bugs. I can go to car wash and they, they can brag about whatever they want to on their sign. They pull it out to the other side and there's still bugs there. Hello? Because I've waited a month before I took it there. But I got a deal of my life the other day. I pulled into the car wash. And there was a sign there that said, 30-day car wash, 1995. I said, what does that mean? She says, you can bring it through as many times during the day as you want to for 30 days for 1995. I said, give me to you. You make about three rounds through that car wash and then go back the next morning and run it back through there again. Them bugs ain't going to be there. Hello? I die daily. I'm not going to wait for my attitudes to build up. Oh, praise God. It starts out as such a small thing, and I don't deal with it. And the next thing I know, it's an albatross around my neck, and I can't deal with it. Paul just said, I just learned to die daily. I put my flesh under. I get on its head. Hallelujah. When this relationship grows, my love for souls and revival will grow in direct proportion. My love for my brother and sister will grow in direct proportion. You know, I can remember, we, we didn't have refrigerators. We had an old Coca-Cola ice box. You put a hundred-pound block of ice in it. 
And if the ice man come regular and you could afford your 50 cents to buy the block of ice, you could do pretty well. We lived in the country. And when you killed a hog, you just distributed it. You took what you thought you could cook up before it would spoil and distributed it to the neighborhood. Give everybody enough to eat. Because when they killed a hog, they done the same thing. If somebody got sick, the neighborhood would come to the house and sit up, some of them around the clock, doing what they could to help you. The farmer's barn burnt down the neighborhood to help build it back. Some of you live next door to a family that you don't even know their name. Hello? How are you going to win them to God? The late sister Ballestero, Carl Ballestero's wife, oh, she was a prince of a lady. If you never, if you never was able to be blessed by their ministry. She was a unique lady. Her car broke down one day on the road. And for just a short time, she kind of had a pity party. They pulled the car in the garage, and here's the hood up. And that mechanic bent over that fender, has no defense working on that car. And she says, I'm going to just tell him about Jesus. Captivated audience. And before it was all over, she had she had witnessed to a man about his soul, got her car fixed, and went on down the road. I'm telling you, church, a relationship will put you in another dimension that may you've never been in before. It'll put you in a new mindset that I Luke 19 and 14, and when he came near, speaking of Jesus, he beheld the city and wept over it. He saw the condition of the city. I look at a dope addict and I say, oh, dodge around that one, drive around that one, skirt around that one. But oh, I never was a dope addict, but I was just as lost as a dope addict was. Brother Fletcher's, I believe it was in Brother Fletcher's church. It was either before he retired or Brother Frazier, a Spanish man, come in one night and got the Holy Ghost. But he got an experience. Come to find out he was a ringleader to a gang. Next night he come back to church and he had the whole row full of his gang. Well, in the gang, they don't ask questions, and you don't, you don't take time to explain why. What the leader does, they do it without even responding or thinking about it. Okay? Now, he had the advantage over him. He'd already got the Holy Ghost. He come, and he was so excited. And about halfway through the song service, he had had all he could contain, and he took off running around the church. Them gang members seen him. They didn't have a clue where he was headed for the door or what he was. They just took off, and here's a whole gang running around the church. Praise God. I don't have to, I don't have to be pumped and proud. Don't let Pastor Riggin have to beg you to love God. 
and to worship God. Don't let him ever again, when he gets back home, uh, uh, have to say, come on, church, let's press a little further. You ought to have enough of the Holy Ghost to understand when there's a binding spirit, uh, and I'm going to take care of that from my pastor. He's not going to have to be distracted. I'll take that rascal on, hands on, face to face. Pastor, you just preach the word. We'll take care of the rest of it. Oh, what a beautiful sight it would be for him to have to say, come on, folks, sit down, be quiet, quieten down. i got to finish this message. We ain't going to be out of here before midnight. Sit down, be quiet. I'm talking about getting plugged into something that's going to put a joy in your spirit that you never experienced, that's going to let you quit looking at the clock. It's going to let you quit worrying about tomorrow. It don't matter what happens tomorrow. Right now, we're in the presence of the Lord. I tell you what I've seen in my day, while this church was doing what they were supposed to be doing, a sinner would jump up out of their seat and come running to an altar, screaming, Oh, God, have mercy on me, a lost and dying soul. Oh, praise God. The thrill of knowing that I'm not just in an apostolic church because the sign says it, but I'm doing like Peter and John did. I'm doing like Peter and Paul did. I speak to sickness and it's gone. Miracles start happening. Pastor lays hands on somebody and they start shouting and screaming, I can see, I can see. Oh, oh praise God. He saw the city and wept over it. When I learn to look past my walls, my hurts, my feelings, I'm going to be able to see a hurting world. And when I see them through the eyes of the Spirit, I'm going to bring them to the house of God. I'm going to volunteer to teach them a Bible study. And then I'm going to stick on them like glue see them established you know why we lose so many new converts it's because you get caught up in your own little world and you let that baby die I heard the story many many years ago now of a German hospital that did a experiment they took a number of newborn babes, and it was pre-planned. They never said one word that that baby could ever hear a word. They never touched that baby with their hands. These were several children, several babies in this nursery. They changed their diapers, but never touched their body, never talked around them, never showed no emotion to them. They fed them, but that was all. They kept them comfortable, but that was all. The experiment was to see when that child grew up and began to talk, what language it would talk, it would speak. Think about it. If 
wondered that any of our kids learned how to talk from the noises that we make to it while it's trying to learn. The, the experiment was a total failure because every one of the babies died because they didn't have that feel of affection. We had a lady, and I'm, I'm almost through. Within an hour, I'm through. We had a lady that was strung out on drugs. I mean, got the whole ghost that you share with. Oh, it was, it was the saddest situation I ever dealt with. And I told her, I said, Sister Sharon, you need to cut off all your friends. You need to quit running with all of that gang. Cut them all off until you get strong enough to go back and win them. She wanted to go right then and, and win them. I said, Sister Sharon, you're not strong enough. They'll pull you down in a heartbeat. She listened to me. And I watched her go in a slump of depression. And finally one day, she got bold enough to talk to me. And she said, Pastor, you asked me to cut off all my friends and not run with them. And I honored you and I did it. And when she said this sentence, I felt cold chills run up and down my back. She said, there's not one person in the church that cares whether I make it or not. And here's a soul that's died. Somebody needs to develop a minister. convert comes in. When you bring someone, you need to be their mom and daddy. It's your responsibility to raise your own baby. But if they come in without a mom and a daddy, somebody needs to adopt them right then and there. I'm going to be the one that teaches you how to pray. Oh, help me, Jesus. But you're going to have to know how to pray to teach them to pray. I'm going to be the one that's going to teach them that once a week you need to fast. I'm going to be the one that teaches them, don't you miss church if you have to quit your job. Anytime, day or night, you need to talk to somebody, you can call me and I'll come and talk with you. It's inconvenient raising babies. We all want a full building. Huh. But a relationship is not about me. But it's about him and his kingdom. Praise God. You want revival to come? Fast all you want to. Pray all you want to. God's waiting on me. Praise God. He's waiting on saints in this good church to get past, past my your toys are not going to be worth anything one day
what would happen? What should happen? You know, Pastor Riggins is gone, and it'd be commendable if we said, hey, let, let, let's, let's raise some money, and let's, uh, let's have a big surprise for them when they come back, and let's have a big banner, uh, welcome home. Man, that would be great. And his heart would swell. College and career, our home church. Brother Archsaber leader, come up behind me Sunday and he said, Elders, it's college and career. I said, we, we got together and said, we just want to do a little something for you. you. Show you we appreciate you. know my place as a saint because in the Tulsa church, I'm just a saint. I'm not there as a preacher. I'm there as a saint. So I just put the card in my Bible. After church, I walked up to Pastor Howard, and I said, Pastor Howard, I got caught in a real awkward situation a while ago. I said, they gave me this card, and they said, I feel like Pretty certain there's some money in it. And I didn't want you to think that I was working behind your back. Be careful how you conduct yourself. Let nobody be causing this place to come on your money. But we cause a doubt in your mind's eye as to what you might have. You kind of grin, didn't you, sir? If there's money in there, spend it. I said, thank you. And they had took this card, and each one of them had wrote what I meant to them. And I didn't have a clue. I didn't know that I was making an impact on them. You never know when you pat a young person on the head with the shoulder and go on up to you and say, I'm counting on you, I believe in you what that means to them. You won't never know what it would mean to Mike, Johnny, Grandma, some of you that maybe hadn't even spoke to them, and I don't mean this malicious, that just walked by tonight and said, you're an inspiration to me tonight. I guarantee you they'll walk out of here with a smile on their face. If they don't, I'll give you a minute. Well, I pray I've been a blessing to you. I really, really, we've got to get this foundation before we can get somewhere else. And, and the Lord is going to help somebody. You hear what I'm telling you? God is going to help somebody come out of their shell. And we start dealing with a relationship with self. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and talk to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Could you let the Holy Ghost talk to you? Maybe you see room for move up. This would be a good time to do it. That when Pastor Regan come back, he sees a church that is excited, and there's visitors. There's people worshiping that he hadn't seen worship in a long time. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's love the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for his word tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. This good elder walked in the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. I feel like the, the Lord spoke to New Life Pentecostal Church. Amen. We have an obligation to respond to the word of the Lord. I feel conviction in this place. I, I, you know, you could do what you want to do. Um, I, I don't, I'm not asking anybody come to the front. I'm not asking anybody, but I'm, I'm, I would like, I, I would like to take some time and let the Lord know that I appreciate his word tonight. Amen. Let's just spend a few minutes talking to the Lord.
God, I want to take this word home with me tonight. Amen. God, I, I want God to do some work in my heart. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Elder Compton, for speaking to us tonight. Amen. We sincerely appreciate it. Amen. Just remember to keep Pastor and the ministry team that are down in Africa in your prayers. Amen. Praying for a revival down there. That the Holy Ghost will continue to move as it has been. Amen. And um, I'm not sure how many are planning to go down to Tulsa and Africa. If you don't mind just letting me know uh, if you are for sure planning on going tomorrow. We're losing uh, the church here around here. So so uh, just let, let me know if you're planning on going. That way we can figure out, at least tonight, that way we can figure out rooms and transportation. Amen. Amen. So let's continue to be faithful to the house of the Lord. Is there any other announcements before we go? Are we going to sing this song this weekend? Amen. Thank you for coming. do that right now. Let's pray for Brother Goff and his family. Thank you, Lord.